0: All right. Again, if you brought a copy of God's word with you tonight, turn it to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're talking about brand brothers. I was down at the pool with my daughter today, and there were a couple of uh, Alpha and Omega teams competing against each other. And one of them asked me, I don't know who it was, they said, What team are you rooting for? And I said, Team Jesus, because he's the Alpha and Omega. Oh, I know, I know, I know. You don't get to pick a team when you're the speaker, because then immediately when you get up, half the people hate you if you pick a team. So you'll never know who I'm rooting for. I want to talk tonight, though, about Brand Brothers, about being a team You guys are each on individual teams. You're competing against each other. You have the big teams of the Alpha and the Omega. You guys had the soccer game going. And I want to tell you about 2011, something happened to me that God has used. I am thankful that he's used it in the end. uh, But I got addicted to video games. Anyone here play video games? Yeah, I thought so. I was uh, actually a little bit earlier than that. I'd been introduced to the game Black Ops 1. Okay, so... you can figure out how old I am there. But Black Ops one That was a game my parents did not approve of me playing. I don't know why, but I didn't know. They did not approve me playing that. Um, and so when I got out of the house, first thing I did was play it you know, like crazy. And I got to college, freshman year of college. I began playing Black Ops like crazy, and I actually got really, really good. My grades didn't do too good, uh, but my ranking... In Black Ops was really good. I was never a huge sports person. I, I was never uh, the best in any of the sports. I never felt, I was always mediocre. Even today I was playing Frisbee golf and I'm like a par golfer in Frisbee golf. You know, it's just like I'm mediocre. I'm not great. I'm not awful. i just mediocre, but I excelled at video games. And I remember one time playing a game and uh, we were playing against this team and they were just incredible. I still, I still took took care of a few of them, but as we're going through, all of a sudden, I had a headset. I thought it was so cool. I had a headset, and I'm chatting, and our team was just getting destroyed, and then all of a sudden, I got an invite from one of the guys in the game, and I'm like, oh, what's this? And so it's like, well, hey, we're going to invite you to join our team. Well, I get on, and they invite me to join this team, and there's five of us, and all of us are like really high-ranked and so we began to play team death match and we just absolutely creamed everyone else because all of us were talking to each other. We were working with each other we We're saying, hey, a bad guy's coming up this way. And we were able to do way better than anyone else could on their own. A lot of times you're going, as you grow up and some of your counselors know this, we like to go at it alone. But Jesus Christ has called us. And one of the pictures we're going to look at tonight is he calls us the body. And so that's where we're going to talk about brand brothers tonight. You know, there are a ton of people that say, do what makes you happy. Do whatever makes you happy. Follow your dreams. But sometimes we need to realize that God knows better. And what gives us true meaning is togetherness. In fact, all the time in scripture, we see togetherness as important. See if you can finish this for me. Peter, James, and John. John. Okay, Jonathan and David, all right, a few of you got that. I, said, I figured if I said David, everyone would say Goliath. But they weren't really teammates. Shadrach, Meshach, and? Abraham. Yeah, okay, so you get it. Jesus had how many disciples? 12. Twelve, that's right. And so there's this idea of constantly being together. So here, if you're going to get anything, I want you to take away this. In writing for the brand, there are no lone rangers. And I appreciated how Tony brought that out today. It's a dedication together. In riding for the brand, there are no lone rangers. And so my goal tonight is that you discover the importance of being together and the danger of being a lone ranger Christian. In fact, even think about the soccer game. I am pretty sure the worst soccer team that played tonight could beat one person. If it was just one person from the best team, they'd be beat by another team. And even in our own lives, as we seek to ride for Jesus Christ, we need those around us. So tonight what I want to talk about, though, is what unifies us. Because the only reason I could get on that game where we were linked together is because I had this thing called internet. Internet was what powered us throughout it. And so tonight we're going to talk about three things that God gives us as a group. Number one, God gives us energy. God gives us energy. God is the one that energizes the body. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, look at verses 4 through 6 and then verse 11. This is God's word where it says, Now there are a variety of gifts... But the same Spirit. Their variety of activities, but the same Lord. And their variety of, of activities, but the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Jump down to verse 11. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who portions to each one individually as he wills. A verse that was transformational for me as I was seeking to love Christ and follow him was in Philippians chapter two, verses 12 through 13, which says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Like work at trying to love God, work at trying to serve him, work at trying to honor him. But it says, because it's God in you, giving you both the desire and the power to do his will. Now I've shared with you um, that I really enjoy detailing, but there's this thing about detailing is you use a whole lot of power tools, simple power tools like a shop vac, air compressor, and a shampoo and whatnot, and I would have all those plugged in, and if I was working in the dark, I'd have my lights plugged in and whatnot. And uh, regularly while I'm detailing a car, the air compressor will kick on while I'm vacuuming, and then all of a sudden my vacuum goes dead because I just tripped a breaker. (laughs) Do you know how hard it is to detail a car if you have no power? Very hard. And do you know how hard it is to live for Jesus Christ if you have no power? Very hard. You can't just work it up in yourself. In fact, this verse was uh, really, really cool for me recently. It says in in Acts 1.8, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Growing up, I heard a lot about evangelism. You need to tell your friends about Jesus Christ. You need to tell them about what he's done for you. You need to love the Lord. And I would try. And I still remember going up to one person. I had just moved in. I'm the pastor in our church. And I'm like, I'm gonna witness to my neighbors. I literally went up to my neighbor's door and I knocked on the door. I don't have any to knock on. Oh, eh, whatever. I knocked on my neighbor's door. Hey, a door. <laughs> Look at that. I'll get my mic nice and close. Here. So I knock on the door. My neighbor comes to the door, and I'm scared as I'll get out. I'm just terrified. I'm like, hi. And he's like, hey, what's up? I'm like, uh, I just have a question for you. He's like, all right. I said, uh, do you know Jesus as Christ is your Savior? And he goes, yes. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I think I might ask, are you sure? You know, it's just like, it was super awkward. I had no clue what to do, and I... And then I left. And so then my next neighbor, his name's George, and uh, loved the man to death, but he, he, I never saw him go to church or whatever. And so I went over, and I'm trying to share the gospel, and I was so, so scared. And I just kind of blurted out some words. And I finished sharing the gospel with him, and he looks at me and goes, Aaron, there are two things you should never talk to me about, religion and politics. I'm like, oh, that bombed. And I kept on trying to work up enough energy. In fact, some of you guys understand this. You ever seen this thing? Red Bull gives you wings. Now, this is called a what type of drink? Energy drink, right? And this is exactly what all your counselors want. We're calling the camp, we're trying to get some energy drinks here so you guys can have energy drinks, yeah? (laughs) Now none of the counselors like me. But anyway, that's why I'm preaching to junior boys, not the counselors. (laughs) Red Bull gives you energy until it doesn't. Until it doesn't, right? I know Red Bull gives you wings, but it's called an energy drink. But eventually that wears off. But I want you to know that God energizes us as we seek to follow him and he uses other people. If you're gonna love the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to be a part of a group that is energizing you and encouraging you towards godliness. I now regularly get to share the gospel with George. He's a good friend of mine. I go over to his house all the time and all we ever talk about is religion and politics. That's all we ever talk about, it's awesome. But it's taken eight years, well nine years now of just faithfully loving him and it's taken people that I knew who would challenge me to continue to witness. In fact, one time I was sitting at a conference and uh, I was a pastor you know, and I had my life all together because all pastors do, amen pastors? They don't amen. They're worried about that. No, anyway. I had my life all together, and this evangelist was telling us about how to evangelize. And then we had a question and answer time, and he said, okay, what are are the questions you guys have? Why why don't you share the gospel with your friends? Why don't you go around to other junior boys and talk about Jesus Christ? Has he made a difference in your life or no difference? Is this all fake? And he's asking us these questions, and one of us shot up our hands, we're like, I'm so scared of rejection. And he looked us straight in the face, and he goes, you're not scared, you're disobedient. Ooh. Because Jesus told us, go and make disciples. What that was, guys, is the body of Christ challenging the body of Christ. And if you want to truly love Jesus Christ, you got to be a part of people who push you towards godliness. And God is the one that's going to energize you, and he uses others for that. In fact, just this week, um, Chuck DeClean, who uh, led Tony's dad to Christ... Texted a group of us and said, hey, I'm praying for you up there, junior boys. God gives us energy, but also we see in this text that God gives us ability. God's the one who gives us the ability. In verse 18, look at verse 18 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18, it says, But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. Your gifting is a choice that God has done. Look at verse 24. Verse 24 says, which are more representable parts do not require, but God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it. Jump down to verse 28. It says, God is appointed in the church, first apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, gifts of healing, helping administration, and various kinds of tongues. It says here that God is the one who chose the gifting that you have, the strength that you have, and it's for the benefit of others. It's for the good of others. Can you imagine a body without legs, or eyes, or hands? You know, uh, like I said, I have a lot of memories from camp. One year, I was I was a fresh pastor, and I I came here yeah, at Winter Meltdown. And I, <laughs> if you know me at all, you know, I break super easy. Like I love Ultimate Frisbee. You will probably not see me playing ultimate frisbee down there because my wife's like, please don't play ultimate frisbee. You will break something and you'll have to preach in a wheelchair. You know, I was like, I just, I just break so easily. And so I'm running along at, Well, I'm down, I'm down there at a winter meltdown and I'm trying to not break anything. And I'm just running through the snow and it kind of melted before. And then it froze back over. So you know when you have to like break through the snow cause there's ice on top and I'm breaking through the snow at a slow run And my kneecap goes from right here to right here. It pops out, goes right here. And so I lunge and I fall right on this hand. And see, this is the benefit again to sit in the front row. Do you guys see that scar right there? See that? Do you see that? I got one on this side. See that? I went to the hospital like, you're fine. I'm like, I break easy. I guarantee you I'm not fine. They're like, you're fine. A month later... I had surgery and they removed three of my bones. And you know what they told me I had for the rest of my life? A permanent disability. Think about this. A part of the body was removed and therefore I had a disability. I wonder, is that how you view other people? Is that how you view the other boys in your cabin? That if if they were removed part of us would be missing. In fact, what God says here is that we need each other. Look at verses 12 through 26. Follow along with me, guys. It says, For just as the body is one and has many members, all the members of the body, though many, they're one body, and so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not coexist or consist of one member, but of many if the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, I don't belong to the body. If the foot says anything, it's probably a little weird, let's be honest. But if the foot says, because I'm not the hand, I don't matter. And some of you might be here and you're like, because I'm not athletic, I don't matter to this team. That's not true. It's not true. If the foot should say, because I'm not of the hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? Jump down to verse 21. The eye can't say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. God gives us ability, and we need to believe that he gave the other people ability. Because sometimes um, we look down on other people in our church because they're a little bit different than us. And you might look down on other boys in your cabin because they're different than you, and you're like, they're weird, I don't want to be around them. But God says that he has given us ability. You know, when you're pastoring, you get to meet a whole lot of fun people and they give you all sorts of illustrations. I want to tell you about a lady that most, most churches would probably think they could do without. This lady, this lady um, she, she had a really rough life growing up. Let's put it that way. She had a really rough life. She'd been divorced three times and remarried to the exact same guy and they had gone through all sorts of addictions and struggles and whatnot and she came to the church just a baby christian seeking to love the lord but having no clue what it was they'd been poor their entire life and just recently she uh she got a full-time job and she was working and she was so excited she came up to me one sunday after she had gotten a paycheck and she's like pastor i got to tithe I got to give. Now her giving, I'm going to tell you what guys, her giving is probably very, very minimal. It's not going to make that big of a difference in the church budget. But she was so excited. But then one day we had a college student get up and he says, hey, I'm going on a missions trip and I need to raise some funds. And you should have seen her as she beamed. She walked up to him. She had a check. She slipped it to him. She gave it to him. Gave him a hundred bucks. Wasn't a ton of money. Didn't pay for all of his things, but... There was a lady who many people would have said, we, we don't need her, and now she was here blessing another member of the body. I want to tell you about another lady. This lady, though, I'd been to her, been to her house, and she's like, man, I'm not a Sunday school teacher anymore. I can't make it to Sunday school. I can't make it to prayer meeting. I don't have much to give to the body, and she never really felt like she was that meaningful, but guess what? She prays for every single one of the members of our church on a regular basis, and we need that. There's another lady in my church, and uh, she is a very proper lady, you know those people who always seem to have it together, like they're the good, they're the good people? She's one of those. She, uh, she carries her good old trusty King James Bible. She's taught Sunday school for 50 years, and she never swears. Uh, she seems to kind of have her life together, her family together. And a couple of Wednesdays ago, um, I got a lady in our church who's going through a really messy divorce. I'd actually, right now, she's trying to move out of her house. And she came to prayer me, and there's just six or seven of us and this lady just bawled as she began to cast the burden of what she was going through in the divorce on God and ask him for strength to forgive her husband who had left her ask her for strength not only to forgive her husband but to love her husband and she just crying her eyes out and here's this proper lady and it was so awesome for me as a pastor here's one lady who her life's a mess this is her Second or third marriage, the husband was his fourth or fifth marriage, and she's just falling apart. And this proper lady gets up in the middle of the prayer time and just walks back and just gives her a bear hug. I need that proper lady because she was able to minister to another member of the body of Christ. This last Wednesday, someone, another lady was. She was just wrestling with a ton of things. She was super anxious. She came to prayer meeting. And she just began to call out to the Lord about all of her anxieties, all of her cares. And we had a lady in the church who she's been in there for a long time. She felt like she's a failure in sharing the gospel. She feels like a failure as a mother. And then right after church, immediately what she does is she just goes and surrounds that lady and just hugs her and cries with her. And I need that lady too. And I want you to know, some of you may say, what what, what can God do with me? And God says, you just wait. You surrender yourself to me, and I will use you in ways you can't imagine. I give you ability, and you have to walk by faith that I've given you just the amount of ability that you need. And counselors, we need this too, because sometimes we want to do things that are a lot cooler. We want to do things that, that other people get to do, and God says, I've given you your ability. Use it for my glory in the church. God's the one who gives us the ability. I could go on. I might as well. There was a, We have a couple in our church. Uh, they're homebodies. They're super disciplined with their spending, really guarded with their kids. They were always really, really closed. People didn't come over to their house much. Long story short, they opened up their lives to some college students that come up to our church. And now our college students call them mom and dad. And those college students needed this couple in our church. Which brings me to a confession. Sometimes I'm really critical of my church and the people in it. I think I know just how a church should function, and if everyone would think just exactly like me, we'd be great. That's not true, okay? I'm confessing that, just to be clear. As I studied Revelation, though, I realized that only Jesus Christ knows exactly what we need. And my love for him needs to be believing that God has given people abilities, and so I need to see the value in others. And you guys need to see that too. Thirdly and lastly, God gives us unity. God gives us unity. We're writing for how many brands? One, One. right? Team Jesus. I, I got a guy, he's, he's established a multiply, uh, multiply group. And every time he talks to me, he's like, team Jesus, yeah. Like, he's like 60 years old and he just loves it. He's like, team Jesus. And that's what we're about, right? That's what we're here for—is to glorify God, and God gives us unity. Look at Second Corinthians or First Corinthians, chapter. Okay, whatever. Yeah, Jesus. Woo. We we unify. Look at this. Look at what it says, though, in verse twenty-five. Says that there may be no division in the body, but that the members would have the same care for one another. Jump down to chapter 13. It says, If I speak with the tongue of men and angels, but I don't have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and I understand all mysteries and have all knowledge and have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but I don't have love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and deliver up my body to be burned, but I don't have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, love doesn't envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It doesn't insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It doesn't rejoice at wrongdoing, but it rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. We unify around a love for God and a love for others. And uh, I don't know if you knew this, but this is Pride Month is what they call it. Pride Month in June where there are signs like love is love a dumb definition (laughs) love is love but I want you to know guys we don't just boo this what they're looking for is not simply love they're looking for acceptance every single person you meet and every single one of you desires to be loved to be genuinely loved not fake loved genuinely loved genuinely cared for every single one of us does And we feel most loved by people who know the most about us. One of the things that's interesting every time I come to camp, I do it myself too, but is to see how often we just just try to fit in. But fitting in is not the same as being loved, is it? It's not. We feel most loved when people know all about us. They know all of our flaws. They know all the good things and bad things about us, our quirks, and they still care for us. And we unify around that. In fact, just today I was talking with my best friend. His name's Nick Harsh. We've disagreed. We've called each other out on sin. We've strengthened each other even though we're complete opposites. Why? Because we love each other and we love Christ. We love one another and we love Christ. And that's what God calls us to. And I want to tell you about Jesus Christ because he is God who created us and sustains the world. And he is the head of the body of the church. He's the perfect, and he has eyes like fire that can see right through everything we do. Jesus Christ knows everything about you, every sin, every lie that you've told. I was literally at the pool today, guys. Okay, so get this. I'm at the pool today with my daughter, and uh, I told the kid he's gonna become an to a sermon illustration, and this kid's spraying water at someone as they get out, and they spray water, and the guy turns the back and goes, what are you doing? And he's like, it wasn't me. And he's sitting there with this water spray under his legs. I'm like, You just lied in front of a pastor. That's like getting asked to be in a sermon illustration. Question, was that sin? It was. What does sin do to us? It separates us from God. You ever lied? Yeah. Sin separates us from God. Jesus Christ knows every single lie you've ever ever told. Every single time you've disrespected and dishonored your parents. Every single time, okay, here's the most common lie. This is my opinion, the most common lie at junior boys. You ready for it? The gaga ball didn't hit me. (laughs) Yes, it did. (laughs) You get it, don't you? We lie about even things like that. But listen, Jesus Christ knows every single one of those lies. He knows every single thing about you. And scripture says, while we were enemies of God, while we were separated from God, God still loved us. And during that time, Christ died for us. And we talk about receiving the brand. But I want you to know that Jesus knows all your dirty jokes. He knows all your sins. He also knows all your pain. He knows what life is like back at home, what's been done to you how you've been excluded or included, and knowing all that, he still loves you. While you were sinners, Christ died for us. Because of your sin and my sin, we deserve to die and spend eternity in hell, but Jesus Christ died in our place. And that's love. When I was young, I realized I was a sinner and deserved hell. And uh, in the quietness of my room, I asked my brother some questions, and he quoted me John chapter 3, verse 16. It says, for God so loved the world That he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And I remember it being very vivid to me that God, that Christ didn't just die for us, but Christ died and would take my sins personally. You know, this morning I thought it was so cool that Tony had talked about it's possible to know that you're that God is good and just. It's possible to know that you're a sinner, it's possible to know that Christ died, that you could have eternal life, but to never receive it by faith and repentance. But that night I received by faith the gift of Jesus Christ, and I repented of my sin. And the Bible says that that night I passed from death to life. I went from being an enemy of God to his child, and you can too. In the quietness of your heart or with your counselor tonight, you can be forgiven of your sin by placing your trust in Christ. But if you already know Jesus Christ, then I encourage you tonight to submit yourself to him and to let him use you as he sees fit. And some of you, what you need to do and repent of tonight is thinking that you're better than others. That you're better than others. And then I want to encourage you to make a friend this week. Talk about spiritual things with people who are here and see if God doesn't give you another brand, brother. Because you're going to be stronger as you live together in unity for the glory of God. So let's go ahead and pray. I want to encourage counselors, go ahead and just stay here. As we have the song, if God's laid something on your heart, guys, and you wanna talk with your counselors, just go ahead and stand up and you can leave during the next song and counselors, you can follow them. But let's go ahead and pray. Father, I thank you for the body of Christ. Thank you for how many times over and over and over again, we're strengthened by the body. There are men in this room tonight who have strengthened me as a fellow brother in Christ so many times. They've encouraged me, they've challenged me, they called me out on stuff so thankful for them. God, I pray that tonight you would open eyes to see that they we can't go at it alone. We need each other. And Lord, there's probably some boys in here that say, nobody needs me. Nobody needs what I have to offer. I'm too weird or I'm too this or I'm not athletic enough or I'm too nerdy and I like Minecraft or whatever it may be. Lord, I just pray that you would Work in them to say, hey, God made me, and I need to honor him with the gifts that he gave me. Lord, you've given some a ton of gifts. Please deliver them from thinking they're better than others, including us counselors, God. Help us just take what you have blessed us with and say, God, this is, this is what you've given me. I want to give it back to you. And to strive together, deliver us from trying to be the Lone Ranger. And may we realize and remember that we need one another. As we sing, God, continue to do your work in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All
1: right, let's, uh, let's
0: sing. The right, of kind, the greater every, every time, is it's, its
1: place in mind. To serve one another, but my heart is struggle, so I need your grace to grow. Lord help me give and show them this love to others. Jesus set me free to love unselfishly because you first loved me, I can love.
0: With all my heart
1: but Because you first loved me I'll love others too The way you do i love them too When I'm like this It all always gives and gives To God and then it lives To help my neighbor That's love I've had in God It's me I love a lot Stuck here I'm tied in knots I need a Savior Jesus set me free To love you more than me Because you first loved me I can love you with all my heart. Because you first loved me, I can love you with all my heart. Because you first love me, all love others do the way you do. I love them. Amen.